Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As we uh, start things out by going to the email box, Mark, you've got a few to share with us. Start with one. Well, uh, okay. I've got uh, one here from, uh, well, it's signed R.A. Okay. Dear fellas, not sure what it means, but uh, I saw an interesting thing yesterday in downtown San Diego. A Wacken Hut van drove up to the uh, San Diego Sheriff's Office and apparently dropped off prisoners. The van was followed by... Some Chrysler stealth car with tinted windows and flashing lights inserted in the regular tail lights. The driver of the van got out to the ring um, to ring the bell outside the sheriff's office. He was dressed pretty much like stormtrooper. Um, boy, do I feel safer with these guys out there protecting us. If I recall, Wackenhut is a private company, right? I'm curious yes. what your take on these private Gestapo companies is. If this is news to me, I was not aware that Wackenhut was being used for prisoner transport. Um, yeah. Do they operate some prisons? Yes. Wow, okay. If they're uh, participating in free um, free enterprise, then I imagine their actions now and in the future are A-OK with you guys, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just... It's not free enterprise when you're dealing with the government. Right. Maybe I just don't know enough about freedom to give an opinion. I wonder what life's going to be like when the other pillar of the free market, Blackwater, is uh, hired to smash down everybody's door as a private arm of the government, maybe during one of their Katrina-style gun-grab raids. It's an excellent question. I mean, I don't know enough about the government's constitution, and I don't think it really would even matter what I knew about it, because it's clear the government people don't care about their constitution. Uh, but, you know, obviously they're prohibited. The, the police are prohibited from doing certain things uh, by the things like the Fourth Amendment. You know, uh, you've got a, allegedly a right to privacy. I mean, now it's clear that uh, that they ignore it left and right, so I don't think it really matters to them, at least. But... If the Fourth Amendment prevents – let's just pretend like it does matter. If the Fourth Amendment prevents the government people from doing unreasonable searches and seizures, does that mean that an easy end run around the Fourth Amendment would be to hire Blackwater or Wackenhut to do the searches for the government? I I don't think so. Um, I, I, I would I would hope that any uh, Supreme Court uh, that would rule on – any court that would rule on this would say that um, – you know that, that that's not acceptable, and and here's my thought on it, and it's essentially that Blackwater or Wackenhut are no less culpable for their actions than say a uh, police officer who's working for the government. These are just an agency that's working for the government. It's true. The police officer is just a free man that's working for the government. So uh, no, I I don't. I mean, I think that Wackenhut and uh, you know Blackwater are. You know, just they're doing just as much wrong stuff by being involved in this as uh, you know somebody who's oh I agree that they're doing the government. I agree that they're doing just as much that is wrong. I'm just saying, if they haven't sworn an oath to the Constitution, then are they as obligated uh, to protect it as the police? I mean, I'm not saying the police are obligated. Clearly, they aren't. I well, asked a cop yesterday if he'd sworn an oath to the Constitution, and he ignored the question. Sure. So. No, it's not like I'm making, trying to make a point like this even matters. It's just kind of a technical issue. I don't know. 
I don't know. I mean, I, I can't. I can't tell you. It's. It's what it sounds like to me. What would happen is, yes, they would hire these organiz- um, this organization, you know, Blackwater or Wackenhut, to do, you know, a few years worth of uh, hard style raid stuff, whatever that they, you know, one might be concerned with, and then some court would rule on it, and we'd just have been, you know, the American people would just have suffered for that period of time, and then, you know, some court would have said no. There you go. Was that the email? That's pretty much it. He Let's was uh, he was kind of, you know, his question was essentially, do we support this because it's the free market? And it's not the free market because the government's employing them. You know, it kind of would be interesting to, if the government did that, uh, to, to see what people's response would be. Because we have seen at least some evidence that people don't really have as much respect for a Wackenhut security guard as they do for a cop for a you know a real government cop i mean i've noticed that attitude amongst regular americans and we've seen it overseas there was that video uh from a football game where some uh, private security guards were getting a little out of control and they started beating a streaker who'd run across the field uh-huh. you remember that video did you yes. see that uh and the, and the people actually poured out of the stands to attack these private security guards and of course we were we were left wondering well what if those security guards were indeed Cops, would they have been attacked in the same manner by the crowd? So I, I wonder about that. I mean, would would the fa- if they started using Wackenhut uh, security guards, would that lead to even less respect for the government and its policing functions? Just a question. I don't know. You're, you're mean, welcome to chime in with an answer at 800-259-9231. You want to talk about an event that uh, generates some hatred for the police. We'll tell you what some California cops were up to recently at a car enthusiast gathering. You might be able to guess. First, we go to your phone calls. David in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, David. David in New York going once. David in New York going twice. All right, in that case, we'll try thenewspaper.com, where nine police agencies in Riverside, California, sent more than 100 police officers to surround a gathering of automotive enthusiasts, owners of... My guess is this isn't uh, old guys and their, uh, you know, old Mustangs and their, <laughs> uh, you know, pimped out uh, Cadillacs. That more than likely, this is, uh, this is a uh, yeah. car enthusiasts. I don't even know what Like a kid- car club. I don't know what kids do with their cars these days, but I imagine... They pimp them. They pimp the cars. Right, but I don't know how one pimps them. So You spend a lot of money and you add things like spoilers and nitrous oxide oh, yeah. and all kinds of, you know, pretty lights and Fast stuff and like that. Fast and stuff. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Okay. Right, you yeah. know. I guess I do know that. I'm sure you saw the guys driving around in Florida, usually uh, the Hispanic dudes with uh, car club written on the back of their cars. They would have the name of their car club yeah, written I guess on the, I, the back I guess I did. Yeah, I just, you know... So that's probably no what was going on here. And uh, would it have been of interest to you if you were 18? Ooh, well, no, it wasn't to me when I was 18. When I was really? 18, so. Well, uh, so the cops sent a hundred, more than a hundred police officers to surround this gathering. Owners of imported sport compact cars had gathered at the Canyon Crossing Shopping Center uh, to swap stories, talk about their passion for cars, and show off the latest enhancements to their rides. At around 11 p.m., however, police surprised participants by blocking all exits with 50 police cruisers. Uh, apparently, officers then began a warrantless search and interrogation operation of the 150 vehicles that were present. Riverside Police Sergeant Skip Showalter asked an enthusiast during a similar crackdown last year, If you're not into street racing, why would you need that? Why would you want more power going to your car? 
I guess you, you would ask the cops the same thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have the, 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 the tricked out cars. M- mainly what a, uh, uh, you know, from what I understand, what a police uh, add-on to a vehicle is, is mostly propane? suspension. They've got propane engines or something, don't some they? Do. I, I'm sure some of them do. I, I, you know, they did a, in Florida. A lot of, a lot of fleet cars do. Uh, the rest of the story here is that police issued a total of 48 tickets for engine modifications with police accusing the owners of the parked vehicles of being street racers. Another 50 tickets were issued for paperwork violations and dark window tinting and a lack of a front license plate. The most revenue, however, will be generated from the fees imposed on 20 vehicles that were confiscated. Despite labeling the parking lot raid as taking place as a street racing venue... Riverside police offered no evidence that any street racing actually took place. Well, you know, the they don't cops, have to. Right. They're not so concerned with evidence. I mean, as we found out over the weekend, uh, the cops are not so concerned with evidence. And we might get to, uh, get to this later, but the Keen Freedom Festival over the weekend was, uh, well, the cops attempted to break it up. And they handed out some tickets, and we'll explain how that all ties in, but that's uh, a little bit later. Across the state, gas tax funds are regularly used to fund similar crackdowns that generate big revenue. In 2004, the California Highway Patrol issued a total of 101,553 modified car citations worth $10.5 million, according to the CHP. In 2005, the California Office of Traffic Safety handed Riverside Police 400000 in state and federal gas tax revenue for establishment of a regional task force to conduct enforcement operations targeting street racing, modified vehicles, and speed contests. So the state government handed a big grant, essentially, to, uh, uh, essentially sure. to this one particular department because they are targeting these car club guys. Hmm. The big money. Because people pay up. Because that's what they do. When government hands them a ticket, they just want it to go away. They'll bend over and they'll pay up. 800-259-9231. And the state knows it. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. They include archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloaded convenience. Totally free. Again, at freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That is SACL CAI. As we go to your phone calls about what you want, it's David in New York. We're going to try him one more time. David, are you there, sir? Can you hear me this time? We've got you, David. What's on your mind tonight? Have you heard of a guy named Eric Huru? I've not. Who is he? Okay. He was on a fellow GCN radio show on Friday. He has a solution to end taxation and fix the Federal Reserve. Now, Hmm. I mean, this has to be the most viable thing I've heard so far. Basically, his point is allow the government to take control of the Federal Reserve so it's no longer private. And when the government makes a loan to create the interest 
as additional principal to match the entirety of the amount of money that's going to be paid back. And for the government, as of now, um, you can reduce them through politics or however in the future, but as of now can fund themselves with the interest money, which is physically created right along with the principal, and then they can spend the money back into the economy so that will be available to cover the interest on all the loans that are going on. Well, wait, that doesn't do anything to uh, bring gold and silver back into the system. But his point was gold and silver is privately owned. What's the government going to do or what is everybody going to do to get this stuff in their hands? Plus, you can inflate gold I don't know, but I can tell you thing. that that's uh, – that's, I mean, I understand where he's coming from with that, and I, I haven't obviously had a chance to really digest the idea. But it sounds like my, it has some merit. My first response is it, it okay. sounds like it's probably somewhat of a better system than what we have today. However – my, my first, uh, The first thing I would say is I bet you that the people at the Federal Reserve are better at running uh, the monetary system than any bureaucrat's going to be. Well, he made a really good point was that the Federal Reserve doesn't make the loans. Congress makes the loans. Congress is yep. the one ro- running up the bill. And if you got rid of all taxation, all you know, gun-in-the-room type activity where they're pointing a gun at you and saying, give us your money, if you, you can get rid of that and allow the government to fund itself by creating interest as principal additional to the loan to cover the entirety of the loan, they can fund themselves on that, spend it into the economy, and they don't have to point a gun at you. I- and... I see it that. It's still inflationary because... Hold on one second. Yeah. One second. It, it allows people to keep the money they already have. It allows the deals we have with other countries to exist. It allows walls to exist so we can have a better transition. Now, I see what you're saying with inflation, but you don't have to... When, when you're creating the loan and not creating the interest, you have to create more loans to cover the interest. Musical chair game, where the only way the bank really makes money is by foreclosing. If you create the principal and the interest together and allow the government to use that little bit of interest to fund its daily activities, the total amount of the, the money that will be paid back will be available in the economy. Oh, I see. Okay, that was the part the I was dragon. missing. That's the part I was missing. So they are creating the money that is the interest instead of not creating the interest money. And you're saying they'll give whatever the interest money is immediately to the government not uh i see where you're coming from so the interest money is being printed out so it probably i mean from my very basic level of economic understanding probably would be a better system than what we have today but uh it still doesn't bring gold and silver back into the economy not that i would trust the government to do something like that in the first place so you might be right that might be a good fix for the federal government and then you know alongside that's what uh, we need we can't just drop out we can't just stop what we're doing there's too many people doing it so you got to have a smooth transition plus he made a very good point. I mean, if, if you're denominating stuff in gold, all you got to do is hide a bunch of gold in the warehouse, and then one day just release that gold, and you can buy up everything. You can do the same thing with gold as you can do with paper, but if, if this system was monitored properly and was done properly, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I understand, I understand, but that falls on us. See, ultimately, it all falls on us, and we have to do our daily jobs, and we have to educate our children proper to be able to have some sort of defense against uh, yeah. corrupt people. You know, I mean, it's ultimately sure. on us. It's no a great, what. you know, I would say from my first first impressions, it's a pretty good idea as far as getting the government, federal government turned around. However, I don't believe that's even possible. So I well, I won't I focus either. on it, um, but, but you know idea. I yeah I wish him the best Let of luck. He should take that to Ron you. Paul. He should take Let me that. Tell I, the guy's name we don't really have guests on the show very often, so there's no real real need you to bother. You can say his name again. You can say his name again if you want, but it's, 
Well, just Eric, and you spell the last name W-H-O-R-U. Now, this guy is not a very good speaker, and he's got like a 70-minute DVD on Google Video where he repeats himself like 20 times. He really doesn't do a good job articulating this idea, but it would seem that it would be something that you could really get behind as far as activism, as far as really rallying to get something done. It seems like it would if be If you were somebody who, who wanted to do national-level activism like that, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea. I would be interested to see what somebody like Ron Paul would have to say, someone who has yeah, sort of sat sure. on, the, on the banking com- committee for sure. a long, long time, and yeah, see where, where he would come down on this. And I'd also like to just hear from some other listeners that might have uh, a little more experience at economics than, than Mark or myself, and see what their impressions are. And I thank you for bringing it up. Thank you, uh, David, thank for the you. call tonight. 800 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So if you just heard David's idea and you want to throw in your thoughts, we'd love to hear from you on that. You can bring up anything. Let's talk to Dan in Texas. Dan, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Dan? Well, I'll start off. I wanted to affirm what y'all said yesterday about the whole support the troop things. And it was a kind of incendiary, like y'all said, but uh, but I wholeheartedly agree. It's nice to hear somebody else who actually... uh, you know, I feel the same way. Well, you're talking and about that, our Saturday night show where uh, we, I read an, right, a, an article right. from Larkin Rose, and he was talking about why, you know, supporting the troops blindly is a uh, foolish thing to do. Uh, I support right. those troops that have the courage to not follow con- unconstitutional orders, which is like, you know, a handful of them. Yeah, <laughs> Everybody. The whole, the, the, I'm, I'm just doing my job is one of the most dangerous uh, mindsets to get into. Yeah, because, it absolutely is. Um, but the other thing I was calling about was, uh, and, and here's just a sort of an idea to float by. Maybe I'll discuss it and get some gears turning and whatnot. But uh, the idea of a private defense company, similar to Blackwater, but that actually does good things, um, to protect those like activists and whatnot um, from illegal actions by whatever police or, or military. Take, for example, like the New Orleans situation where you have people going and uh, being forced to be evacuated and have their weapons removed and things like that. Now, what if you were to have a Blackwater-type organization that would actually intervene on uh, on our behalf? I love the idea. And they get shot up. Right. Well, I mean, they they would be targeted pretty fast by the government for right. whatever. I mean, they'd make something I mean, up. How would they stop a police officer from confiscating, uh, you know, a, a small group of police officers from confiscating weapons other than trying to, you know, do a human barricade kind of situation? I mean, they're going to get tasered. They're going to get clubbed. And if they're not careful, they're going to get shot. Well, you know, that's kind of something that you might be able to modify it to is some sort of nonviolent uh, protection that I don't know what it would entail, like going to the, the house of the judge or the house of the the prosecutor or really just making the lives uh, lives of some of these bureaucrats a living hell as if much it's as not violent could. it's not protection then it's right. um, ju- then it's all it, then, it, then is all it is is support you could hire yourself a support group that's yeah. okay well, well if that's what it has to be to prevent them from being targeted uh for violence, I, mean, I don't think that's what's going to prevent it necessarily well, I, I hang on we're going to bring you back more war. with dan this is right. free talk live attention freedom activists If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and the features include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com, see what it's all about. That's Shrine. Dot freetalklive.com. As we go back to Dan in Texas. Dan, are you still there, sir? I'm here. I know you were in the uh, middle of trying to make another point, so go ahead with your thoughts. Well, the, the whole defense thing, I, you know, I was curious if you could start off with uh, something smaller and, uh, you know, where you wouldn't have like a violent shootout between a defense organization and a police you know, department, something like that. Right. Maybe even something as small as keeping somebody from illegally searching your house by stalling them or blocking them or whatever, you know. And, and especially when it's in a really obvious time when, when when the police are obviously breaking on. It's so egregious that they have nothing to stand on. But they really either got to back down or start some kind of media storm, you know, something like that. And then you can kind of build off that, and maybe as it becomes more popular, you might be able to, you know, to work it up as something bigger. I think that there's going to be something here in New Hampshire that's something like what you're talking about, and I don't know how it's going to work. But, I'm gonna yeah. s- but I would like to say I think that there's some problems. Um, for one, knowing when the cops are going to do something, where they're going to do it, and right. how they're going to do it is extraordinarily difficult. When the cops come along and do their, you know, usually half-assed uh, nonsense, you know, they screw up things on just about every case. And, you know, you can, you would, be, if you have the presence of mind, to be able to uh, uh, confront it right then, you're, you're, you're a bit better off. But that's the problem, is they strike when they want to strike, and you have no idea. I mean, you sure. know, it's, it's for these gun polishers out there. They always are imagining that time when the, the, the BATF is going to be uh, coming for their guns, and they're going to be <laughs> holed up in their house behind their Burma sandbags, and they're going to be right. sh- picking them off when they come up the driveway. Well, you're not, they're not going to call you ahead of time <laughs> yeah. and say, hey, we're coming to get your guns, son. They're going to kick your door in at 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, you, you know, they're going to shoot your dog. You're going to be so dazzled by what's going on. You'll, you'll be lucky if you uh, manage to get between them and your wife, well, let alone anything else. That would be one of the challenges that this uh, particular defense agency would face. And I'm going to use defense agency because I just don't have a better term. I mean, if, right. if, they're, if they're coming to your aid, even if it's not with violence, I still think that could be considered defense. Maybe a, I'm sure. using the wrong word, but anyway, it's the best I have for now. And I still think it's a good idea. So, I mean, dealing with a, a, res- a quick response time would be something that would be a selling point. You know, you call us, we'll be there on scene within 10 minutes or something like that. Uh, And, you know, usually the cop's sitting back in his car for 10 minutes looking at your driver's license and punching you up in the computer, snacking on his donut uh, and calling the the superiors. So if you had a quick response time, it it would be pretty helpful in in some situations. And I think that there are some things that could be done that aren't aren't necessarily involving physical violence or protection from violence that uh, that you know could involve uh, bringing a camera on scene could involve uh, bringing multiple activists on scene I think that uh, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com had proposed an idea that was similar to this a few years ago and obviously nobody's really run with it because nobody's here with enough capital or or they're just not ready for it yet but the idea would essentially be that you know you'd have guaranteed activists at your disposal or that this this agency would essentially be like 
you know, an activist agency you can absolutely count on. Now, the activists here in New Hampshire, just on their own, are pretty darn reliable. They're going to show up to court dates. They're going to help, you know, help you out in whatever ways they think they can. However, this would be a step above that because then you'd be paying for some level of activist coverage, basically. And it would be a way for those activists to actually profit from doing their activism. So when I think it's a great to, idea. When it comes to cameras, though, um, and, you know, essentially if that's what the, the, the protection agency is pretty much offering. That's uh, one on, thing. On, on I, I was early, saying it could be a bunch of things. Early on, I would rather have a camera myself than pay somebody monthly to come out to some situation. I understand that, Mark. However, uh, you, you might well, hang that, on a second. But, but, However, no, I, haven't, I haven't finished. If somebody shows up on the side of the road, pulls up the third car, pulls in behind the police officer, hops out with a camera, oh my God, they're going to get maced on the side of the road, dude. Well, they, that would be that more... That dude is going to kick their head in. Well, then they would have a case against the police because For there's what? nothing illegal about pulling over to see no, what's but, going on with the stop. So the, as the far way as... juries are these days, man, is all they're going to say is, um, look... It'll that, just be more publicity for them if they ended up, uh, end up with a court case. Look, if right, they show up I on the side of the road with a camera, that's one extra camera that's there that the cops are going to have that much more trouble taking from somebody. Whereas if it's just your camera, they could snatch it out of your hands like they did with Lauren Canario. They and need cameras that upload immediately to the internet. We've got them out there. Exactly. They just need to, uh, they need, they, they need to be more of them. Go ahead, Dan. Well, that, yeah, instant instant uploading, but but basically what you'd have would be an almost instant uh, magnifying glass, like you know, a, a beam of, of sunshine on the uh, on the roaches immediately right there, and and they couldn't do anything about it. Yes, there's no, the, uh, yeah, and they could do things. You know, they could go and follow you to the police station. They could right. uh, immediately begin protesting outside. They could. I mean, I don't even know. I haven't really brainstormed this. I think it'd be wonderful if we had some more people call with some other ideas as as to what they think could be done in this realm because I think it's really important and it would be something that I would be what a, a purchaser Dave, of. You saw what happened when Dave Ridley went to the van that Cat uh, Canning and Lauren Canary were supposedly in. You saw what happened then. Yeah, I saw what happened then. The cop got out and yelled at him, and he left and dave left well dave isn't being paid i i just i just don't see there being a lot of this this being really viable. well i understand mark i see where you're coming from in that you wouldn't want to do this job but there may be some activists out there that this would be right up their alley uh you know somebody who if they were getting paid might just stand their ground uh whereas dave retreated they might just stand there and say no i'm not going anywhere what are you going to do well, they might get arrested the, the road and that be a problem standing in the middle of the road. Whatever. Got, got to be all I'm law. saying. All I'm saying is I don't know what they would do. I know that this would be right up the alley of some people that would want to kind of get in the face of the state and make their lives a living hell. I've always thought that would be a great idea. You know, to go outside and pick at a judge's house. You know, target them at home. Make them feel uncomfortable about the things that they do. Don't just let them get away with the you know doing their job and only having the activists show up occasionally at a court trial or something like that. Turn up the heat on these people. Figure something out and, and let the marketplace, you know, innovate and come up with new ideas that the activists maybe on their own hadn't been able to come up with. I think it's a great idea. Dan, any other thoughts for us? Well, and the last thing is, you know, if they're getting paid to do this, then you have more people that are willing to do it because, like me, I've got to work for a full-time job, that, you know, to, to make my living, and, and I can't afford to take off every single day to go, you know, pick at somebody's fence or, you know, or, yeah. or uh, you know. So if you're getting paid, I would, I would imagine that more people would show up to do this. I think so too, and and it gives a great it gives uh, gives activists a great opportunity to profit from their activism. And I think the right. more that we can make activism a uh, something that pays that puts a paycheck in your pocket, 
I think that's fantastic. I mean, it took Free Talk Live several years to actually start turning a, a profit. Not that this is first and foremost activism. It's a first and foremost a radio show, but it definitely right. has an activist element to it. Uh, and, you know, people like the, Dave from the Ridley Report at RidleyReport.com, he's starting to make a little bit of money from selling advertising on the Ridley Report. So I think that's great. Uh, Free Minds TV beginning to, to pick up some advertisers. I, I, they were t- I was talking to Toby the other day. He says that one of his ads in particular is covering the costs that they have to do the show. So that's a good place to be. I mean, even if you're just even if you're just covering costs, it's a good place to be. It is. And uh, and you know, I'd like to bring something else up. Uh, I know that Sam uh, from Texas, from the Obscure Truth Network, and a few other activists are getting together to start some sort of an activist support fund. Now, this is. A, Related, but uh, it's a little different, but related in that those who are doing the civil disobedience and the non-cooperative activism, they're really putting it on the line because the the political guys are completely safe. That's one of the reasons why people do politics yeah. is because it's safe. You can't really get right. in trouble for it um, because you're playing by it. their rules. But and, for, for, unless you get close to winning, <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. But but uh, but for the but people that's that not are, very likely <laughs> for the people that are doing non-cooperation and they're putting their assets on the line, they're putting their freedom on the line. Then this fund would be able to essentially back those folks up in that if you ended up, you know, having to pay some some huge fine or they were going to steal your house or something, something economic was to uh, to happen. Or maybe you just lost a lot of your freedom. This fund might be able to step up and say, yeah, we think what you did was really awesome. Here is, uh, you know, some arbitrary amount that we think we should give you for it. So I think that would be really cool in encouraging more people to do uh, the non-cooperation, because one of the big disincentives to non-cooperation is the fact that you can lose time uh you, you know your freedom and your money and if we can cover the money part that might help so it's a good idea and i know that uh, sam hey thanks for the call dan i know that sam and uh, i think brian travis are working on putting this together and so i'm sure once it's all done and and set up we'll why are be they talking. getting all the credit i put the, i put this ball in motion we will be talking about it more here on this program you can take control of the airwaves bring up whatever you want this is free talk live This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SICL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there totally free. And if you like the show, would like to help support Free Talk Live, well, then we ask that you become an amplifier. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country and more Internet listeners, bringing them on board so more people can be exposed to the message of freedom and liberty. And if you like that and you want access to perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, uh, the AMP-only special classic archives, and more, Head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn about the perks and get on board with the program for as little as 3 bucks a month. Again, it's amp.freetalklive.com. And also, the Institute for Humane Studies is offering free seminars over spring break. Now, I say spring break because it's relevant only to college students, uh, undergraduates, graduate students, and recent graduates. Uh, this March, join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical liberal and libertarian thought. Participation is free. IHS provides housing and meals during the conference. Apply now to attend a seminar at the University of California, Santa Cruz from March 7th through the 12th, or Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia, March 14th through the 19th. Visit libertarianseminars.com and get some more information. That's Libertarian Seminars. Dot com. As we continue with your phone calls, Fred is on the line in Michigan. Fred, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Fred. Okay. Um, 
Speaking of libertarianism, uh, are they advocates of uh, taxation? Uh, well, Not really, no. well, no, wait a minute. No, hold on a second. If you're talking about the Libertarian Party, then yeah, they probably are. But if you're talking about libertarians in a classic sense, then no. Um, I myself am not an advocate of taxation, though I don't consider myself a libertarian anymore. I consider myself a uh, you know consensualist, voluntarist, or free marketeer. You can take your pick between those. Okay, great. Well, uh, that's, that's good because I... Uh uh, question some Libertarian Party folks, and they're big-time advocates of income taxes. And uh, I, I'd say, fine, uh, just limit your enthusiasm to the absolute specifics, uh, which is embodied in one simple question, uh, easily answered, which I'd be happy to do. Uh, please tell me, and I surveyed a dozen or more CPAs, none of whom could give me the answer to this one simple question. Uh, the specific uh, legally binding criteria that establishes a valid, verifiable income tax liability. Now, wouldn't you think a CPA would know the answer to that? So then I asked, okay, fine, what's the difference between a Federal Reserve promissory note, a U.S. Uh, uh, US note, and a U.S. dollar? And there again, they didn't know the difference. So I called the University of Michigan School of Banking and Finance, a graduate uh, school program. None of those prof- – no, the professors said they're, they're one and the same. Federal Reserve promissory note, U.S. note, U.S. dollar are all the same, and they're wrong. I can't okay. say I know the difference. Would you well, like to know? Well, a note's usually an uh, indication of debt. Right. A yeah, Federal Reserve note is a promise to pay. It's, it discharges – uh, the uh, attaching debt to the next person, ad infinitum or whatever. Uh, the U.S. Treasury note is a non-interest-bearing uh, promissory note, unlike the Federal Reserve note, which is interest-bearing, which is a direct violation of the constitutionally mandated uh, gold-silver monetary system. In fact, in Article One, Section 8 of their federal charter, it says uh, Congress shall have power to borrow money. This is uh, Clause 2, to borrow money on the credit of the United States. And then down in Clause 5, it says to coin money, regulate the value thereof, etc. So it, obviously there's a, a paradox here. Uh, Mark, you were shaking a- your head earlier. What was that about? Well, the Constitution doesn't require uh, gold and silver to be our currency. It, it requires states, if they're going to have currency, for their currency to be gold and silver, unfortunately. Yeah, that's, right. yeah, that's Article 1, Section 10. Okay. You're right, absolutely. And so it's unfortunate. Implica- I wish that it didn't say that, but it does. Okay, so the implication here is the central federal corporation, the District of Columbia, which is what it is, it's the District of Columbia corporation and therefore it has valid legal jurisdiction over only the 10 mile radius and its federal territorial possession mm-hmm. now, what they've done uh, since oh, about 1921 is they have uh, surreptitiously uh, brainwashed the American sheeple people when they went to the educational fool school system and mm-hmm. uh, to act accordingly. So everyone blindly uh, uses a so-called address with a zip code. And the oh, address... this is now this is an interesting uh, conspiracy theory. Go ahead. Uh, you can explain this one. Oh, okay. 
I don't know if there's any legitimacy to it at all. The the way to describe your private land and private dwelling as a non-domestic, non-corporate, non-ceded federal territorial location is to put care of in front of the uh, street number, and then on the third line goes uh, near NEAR, and then the so-called zip code uh, without any. See, now I've heard different variations of this one. Uh, the one of the variations I've heard is just that all you need to do is change the state name to the full spelled-out version of the state and eliminate the zip code. Uh, now you're saying there has to be all these extra additions in there. Now you're and also the suggestion is that if you write the two-letter abbreviation and a zip code, that you're somehow then consenting to federal jurisdiction, which seems well, to be. How- Pretty outrageous. Oh, yeah, that's how they... Look at Wesley Snipes, okay? He gets represented by a bar, a British Accreditation Regency Esquire attorney whose allegiance is, in fact, to that foreign private de facto corporation from Mariota, England. All right, so the, the entity is represented as a 14th Amendment uh, feudal slave subject of the... Uh, monarchy of England, and there's evidence of that in the 13th Amendment. The 13th Amendment says neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, so fine and dandy, let's all volunteer as uh, 14th Amendment, because it says in the 14th Amendment, uh, you're a citizen if you are born or naturalized in the United States and subject to its jurisdiction. How am I subject to their Foreign corporate jurisdiction. Well, by your consent, you're subject to uh, their jurisdiction by your oh, consent. Well, sure, and when you when you take out a birth certificate on your child or yourself, and then you take a social security trust fund number, you've just you've just volunteered into their corporate government. I think that uh, I think that there's some evidence for what it is you're suggesting here, as far as uh, the the idea that government does register corporations or or create these corporate persons and essentially sell uh, sell security instruments on them or whatever that, that they take out bonds based on your name or the birth certificate and all that, and they essentially fund themselves based on that in this in this commercial corporate world. I think there's a lot of evidence to support that. Uh, I don't know that I don't know if there's really any evidence for the zip code thing, but that said, it is one. One of those uh, sort of conspiracy theories that it's an easy one to apply in your life if that's something that you want to do. I mean, I don't know if not writing a zip code on an envelope has ever saved anybody from being prosecuted in court or thrown in a cage, but it certainly is uh, It's an interesting theory nonetheless. Any other thoughts for us? Yeah. In fact, uh, the corporate United States, uh, by FDR's executive order, April 5th of 33, uh declared bankruptcy, and a bankrupt corporate entity has the legal standing of only a debtor, and a debtor does not have the authority or jurisdiction to do squat. Very good. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's talk to Brian in Arizona. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brian. Hi, how are you? Just great. What's on your mind? I hate to beat a dead horse about 9-11, but... It's got to be rammed down the throats of people that this started all of the nonsense. What are you talking you know, about? What nonsense? The, 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 the Homeland Security. No, it didn't. Take, 
No, it didn't. Excuse me? It kicked it into gear, I would say. It kicked it up a notch, yes, maybe. But, yes, but the, uh, the the security state was growing long before 9-11. They, they, had had the, the, they had the Patriot Act ready to yeah. ready to rock and roll um, right yeah, out of the gate. Yeah, they did. So yes, they've, been, they did. You know, they've been waiting but, for but, an but, event. But, Some but, would suggest they orchestrated it. brainwashed a nation. It well, that's true. But no, 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 it didn't. No, no, no. So you can't. You can't pretend that history started on 9/11. Uh, the 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 country, the people in this country, have been brainwashed for decades. The government's been That's running the schools. The government has been running the schools since before 1913. And I thank you for the call tonight. Uh, so 9/11 was certainly a, an interesting historical moment. However, it certainly was not the beginning of all things police state or the beginning Abraham of Link- government indoctrination. Abraham Lincoln suspended habeas corpus, issued a fiat currency, attacked yeah. a sovereign nation. Come on. Sorry, bud. More on the way. We've been you doing can, it since the get-go. Yep. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. The indoctrination is certainly at a peak, and yeah. it's, going to, it's going to keep getting worse. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Hour two on the way. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. Oh, wait a minute. oh, my goodness. Gardner Goldsmith is with us. Say that again. And Gar. All right. Very good. Thank you, my friend. I always have trouble when someone joins in the middle of the show remembering to turn the Get everything all on. set up. And, well, thanks for letting me chime in here. Well, we're friend. always glad to have you. You uh, yeah. emailed me today saying you could come out for two hours, and you said you wanted to. I mean, you're the one that has to drive the hour and a half oh, to yeah. get here, so... It's worth it, man. So, it, it gets my blood charged up when I get behind pinheads going like 20 miles under the speed limit oh, on the state-governed roads. Oh, you're taking 101. <laughs> you got that road right, my right. friend. Well, let's not talk about the local roads, and let's move yeah. on, because we've got people on the line here. Uh, but, by the way, I want to tell you to visit Gardner's website at libertyconspiracy.com. It's been a couple of weeks since he's been on the show, uh, and, of course, it's always good to have you in the studio, adding Thanks. your intellectual might to the discussion as we continue here and talk to, I believe, Dan is on the line in New Jersey on the amp line. Hello, Dan. You're on with Ian Gardner and Mark. Hey, guys. Dan, what's on hey, your yeah. mind tonight? Earlier, earlier, you guys were talking about uh, home security, and uh, I just tuned in like maybe 30 minutes ago, so you might have covered what I'm going to suggest, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you what it is anyway. Um, <clears throat> I, I was thinking about a uh, system of surveillance cameras uh, in, in your home and around the uh, – property <clears throat> and uh, essentially these these cameras the feed from these these cameras could uh, be encrypted and go um, you know via computer to the to the internet and you could pay for offshore service uh, server space where the uh, mm-hmm. files from the video feed could be saved basically if you had any kind of an issue with um, you know security whether it be police or other intruders or uh, thieves you could you know, your your attorney could uh, access that video feed. You know, you you could uh, give him the encryption key or uh, what have you, and he could access that feed to, um, you know, use that as as evidence in your defense. Sounds like you put some thought into this. Yeah, I did. I did. I don't know. Any, any uh, actually, chance? I just thought of it as as you guys were talking about home surveillance. I just it, it's it's <laughs> the whole offshore encrypted thing. I I imagine if you can just get it away from the police officers just briefly, you'll be in pretty good shape. I'm 
you know, I, I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take these uh, added steps, but you know, like at some point or another, it becomes it, it becomes uh, diminishing, return, returns. Yeah, diminishing returns. Yeah, I, I don't know how much more well, you need to pay for the re- encryption. I imagine you don't have to pay much more. Offshore uh, storage of the, uh, the the video. Well, that's just easy as going to Pirate Bay, from what I understand. But well, things like this are going to become yeah, yeah more- basically. I mean, I, I not to. It, it may sound excessive, you know. Maybe if you're, and I know you guys are uh, familiar with technology, but maybe someone else, be an offshore server might sound, you know, kind of far-fetched, like an offshore bank account. Um, but really, it's I mean, just as easy as any other service you can purchase on the internet. Yeah, I think that's a good idea actually, because if the company uh, it gets targeted, then the police could just go raid their server operation here in America. But if they're doing it from Sweden or something like that, then they're that much more insulated and safe. So if you're talking about, I mean, I could see Mark that if it was just you that was sort of offloading your video to some other server, then it wouldn't really matter which server you picked. But if it was a company that was doing multiple accounts, bringing different video feeds in, then yeah, it would make a lot of financial sense to not put the server machines mm. at risk from confiscation from the police. So besides, I, if you ever had a problem, you could go visit Sweden or Finland or one of those other Scandinavian countries, and all those girls are so hot. This right? is what I hear. I don't that's know right. Central. You're an American. They just throw, them, throw themselves at <laughs> that's you. Right. That's right. <laughs> hey, uh, any other thoughts, Dan? Uh, no, well, on that note, maybe we could uh, put the server in Brazil because that's kind of more more my flavor. There you ah, go. Well, if you're the one go. creating the company, it's your choice, and I thank you for the call. <laughs> 800-259-9231. This, uh, guard, the discussion you missed last hour was we were talking about what maybe the marketplace could provide as far as protection services from government. I mean, we've talked about how we would like to see the marketplace take over the realm of protection. I don't know, Mark, maybe not so much, but we, those of us who are into uh, consensual and voluntary interaction, have talked about these things, uh, about you know creating competing organizations to the government monopoly protection service and hopefully being able to you know not get shut down right off the bat and be able to provide some uh, personal protection services. But what about protection from the government? Well, I mean, as, we, uh, as Mark pointed out, odds... Uh, Odds are good that particular agency is going to get targeted for some sort of uh, retaliation, especially if they're doing physical protection. But what about some other areas of protection that we could get, uh, you know, these companies could get involved in, like, you know, paid activists. Instead of having to cross your fingers and hope that activists are going to show up to defend you and show up at court trials and, you know, picket the uh, the prosecutor's house, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. These people would be paid and they'd be contracted to show up and, and come to your aid. And we're talking about what are some of the different ways that you know the marketplace might innovate that uh, th- that we might be able to see them help protect us from government attack and of course you know picketing prosecutors houses police officers houses all the, the government bureaucrats that were involved in taking away that person's freedom making their lives a living hell in whatever ways they possibly could you know following them around stuff like that uh th- that could be well, then you know, get harassment well yeah i was just gonna say uh obviously through the years in the united states going all the way back to some of the very dangerous radical elements of the uh, the anarchists in the early 1900s in the United States who weren't really anarchists. They were actually socialists and, and hardcore unionists. Uh, but uh, there have been different pockets of people in the United States who have tried to oppose uh, whatever the establishment is that they're trying to bring down, or whether they wanted to replace it with their own establishment is mm-hmm. a different matter. Uh, but we who believe in the freedom movement, I think, can take some notes, notes from them. One of the things you got to watch out for, of course, would be... Uh, 
the uh, the already existing government regulations against uh, things that have been used against people such as those who protested abortion clinics and things like that. They've tried to use um, anti um, uh, I can't remember the term right now, but uh, they tried to use these these particular um, uh, statutes against these guys, saying that uh, you're using uh, strong arm mafia tactics. Sure. And so so if you do, we're going to be chasing people around, that's one thing. But you're right. I think what it comes down to is it all comes down to human ingenuity. And if we can take examples from some of these people in the past and avoid some of the legal problems that other people have run into, whether we see that their endeavors were uh, designed for good or evil, it would be great. I love the idea of trying to skirt around things. Look at what we're doing in New Hampshire here. You've got uh, you got the the uh, the porcupines who've moved in here establishing their own emergency hotline with each other. That's a that's a great example of a real life uh, protection sort of service that does exist. I mean, it's not going to result in people showing up within minutes at your house or you if you're pulled over on the side of the road. It's not going to necessarily guarantee anything, uh, but but it is a great example of uh, what innovation and the, the brainstorming of having these different activists hanging around one another, throwing bouncing ideas off of one another can, can result in. Yeah. And maybe in the very, very initial uh, stages of what we might see expand out into the future. And I think it's a really exciting activist opportunity for, for those people that are interested in, uh, in getting in the government's face and doing that sort of uh, agitation-style activism and possibly a way for them to get paid to do it. Because I could tell you, if there was such a system out there like that and they were offering that kind of service I would be somebody who'd be initial I'd be an initial client for something like that. Yeah, anyway. I think that's a great idea. There's so many ways that if you look at encryption there is obviously a market for that. There's obviously a market for offshore bank accounts. So why not a market for onshore protesting, onshore yeah. resistance to government? Great great thinking. Uh yeah, absolutely. So if somebody can figure out a way to monetize that, I think they should pick up that ball and run with it. Yeah. Of course, it, it will really take an interesting <laughs> entrepreneur uh because the person who it is and this is one of the trickiest parts with g- being a competitor to the government situ- uh, system is that, I mean, I'm not just talking about in protection services, I mean banking uh, and, you know, whatever else the government has a monopoly over, uh, trying to compete with them, you know, and especially in the realm of protection, you know you're going to get targeted. You know they're going to come after you. So the person, whoever it is that's going to be the investor here, or different people, I suppose, the investors in the, these cases are going to have to be aware of that. And they're going to, to have to have some real brass balls in order mm-hmm. to go into a business like this because their assets, their money is going to be on the line, and their, their freedom may also be on the line for running a company like this. They will pass new laws. Like if, if these activists that are, uh, the, that are running these companies start to really get on the government's nerves, and that won't take long, they'll start passing new laws that will try to restrict their activities and make it so they can throw as many of them in jail cells as possible, which is where I think that uh, things like the fund that we were talking about last hour, which will support non-cooperative activists will will support civil disobedience activists financially to do their activism that's in the works right now so that's another real that's, life thing that's, that's, that's happening. a brilliant idea yeah. i'm thinking that um you know if we both signed up for this service that your premiums would be a lot higher than mine probably so more on the way you can take control bring up whatever you want 800-259-9231 that's fine with me more coming up you take control this is free talk live This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are free. So enjoy those on us. 
and they include the wiki. Over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive. That's W-I-K-I. It's uh, dot, dot freetalklive.com. And it is like the listener-editable version of our website. It's a lot of fun. wiki.freetalklive.com. If you're thinking about starting a business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is both fast and easy. I've done it. It is. I did a will there. If you haven't done a will for you and your family, you need to because if you get hit by a car tomorrow... Where's your money going? If you don't have a will, I know where it's going. It's going into probate court, in the pockets of lawyers, and into the government's coffers. It's not going to go to your family. It's not going to go to your wife. It's not going to go to your kid. Nice. Make a will. LegalZoom.com. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We continue with your calls, and we'll talk to Andrew in New Hampshire on the AMP line. Hello, Andrew. Uh, Hi. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, well, I was listening to you uh, earlier in the show about uh, 9-11, some of the conspiracy theory things we're talking about briefly, and uh, I came up with a theory that may sort of explain why it is that people that believe in conspiracy theories are almost always uh, believe in the inherent worth of government, while, whereas uh, free marketeer people are almost never conspiracy theorists. Okay, yeah. And uh, this is something that Guard may uh, have some input on. Um, so there's this uh, theory in political science called the um, ideas or ideals versus institutions gap. And that's basically the idea that um, people are motivated to create political change because they believe that um, their institutions, um, usually in this case government, um, need to meet some ideals, and um, the institutions aren't meeting the ideals, so they have to do something to change the institutions so that they reflect um, the ideals that they believe in. And um, sort of the theory that I expanded on is that simply if you're someone who is does not believe in the inherent worth of government, you're not going to come up with conspiracy theories to kind of justify why the system isn't working the way it's supposed to. Yeah, I would take a, a, I think that's very valid what you say. I, I have a slight, uh, slightly different vector from which I would uh, depart from that and just say uh, along those lines, really, but uh, moving off and sort of going parallel is, and probably just phrasing it a different way, is that uh, uh, we don't think that government does anything efficiently. Uh, government usually screws things up. And, you know, to put it in very blunt terms, uh, in regular nomenclature, you just how could government, which can't do virtually anything correctly, uh, uphold some sort of conspiracy, usually the degradation of a constitutional republic, I, I believe, comes from other systemic sources uh, being, for example, the feedback mechanism of being able to gov- get government to do things for you. The increase in government power, I think, comes from people just generally looking, having this sort of bipolar problem, which is that they, they look to other figures to help their lives. To They look to the central figure. The media has a very easy time getting information from one uh, figure in Washington, D.C. It's much more simple for that. So I think you're right. I think generally we who are individualists, we who believe in individual liberty and promote it, uh, tend to um, 
espouse the strength of the individual over the government being able to do things properly. Right. And that leads to, I think, the same conclusion. Well, yeah, and I think that we understand what the root of the problem is. And the root is the coercion. The the root of the government... uh, all of government's problems uh, stem from coercion. Whenever you use force on somebody or threaten the use of force on somebody, you end up getting unintended consequences. And, of course, because the government has the use of coercion, it doesn't have market competition uh, in most of the areas in uh, what services it does provide. Yeah. So it's not motivated to do anything in any decent amount of time or within budget or anything like that. And so the coercive factor is the, uh, the, the number one issue, which is why that uh, liberty-minded people are against the gun in the room. We're against threatening our neighbors. We want to allow our neighbors to live their lives how they want as long as they aren't harming people, whereas the conspiracy people tend to believe that the root of the problem is just bad people and that if you excise the bad people from the government then, and put in good guys, then everything will be fine. For us, it's systemic, and the creation of the system uh, entices people to begin to use this thing, not in any clandestine way, but just because that generally tends to be the force of gravitation once it's, you create a It's government. a tool, and people are going to want to use tools to get what they want, and, and the government is a, a big, giant, powerful tool. If you could wield, if I could wield the government right now, I could get everything that I want as far as freedom and liberty and all that other stuff. However, there's, uh, you know, another three hundred million people in the United States that would like to be able to use now, it. Now, that being yeah. said, I should say there are, and I don't know how you feel about this on the other end of the line on the phone, but uh, there are conspiracies that are out there that uh, have existed, and uh, the only reason they're conspiracies is essentially not because the people are trying to hide them, it's just because they haven't gotten certain uh, people to pay attention to them. For example, in the, in the government education sphere, there has been a long-standing open conspiracy, if you can combine the two terms, to essentially dumb people down to bring in look a uh, whole whole language look say stuff rather than phonics all of those types of things it's open in that they talk about it openly they in have their own meetings papers. And they have notes of their meetings but it's a the very federal reserve is another example federal reserve is another example and and i do think you know people who are involved with the imf they have a certain and you know the bilderberger society or whatever people look at uh, they have a certain worldview and they don't hide that worldview they, no, they, they don't. they're very open about the worldview so does that make it a conspiracy if they are open doesn't conspiracy have to happen in Secret? I, I don't know. I, say, I, I think you can conspire out in the open. To do something, really. What's that? I say it just has to be people agreeing to do something together. I mean, that's usually a function of it is that secret, but it doesn't have to be. And I think hmm. that really, um, you sort of accepting liberty, moving toward the sort of more market-based uh, outlook, is just um, sort of letting go of being sort of personally connected and like emotionally vested. In the system, because when people are, you know, unwilling to do that, they say, oh, no, if they say government is bad, then since they're so involved with it, it makes them look bad, too. And if they get past that, to say, you know, I'm a big enough person to accept that I'm wrong and uh, not be associated with that anymore. Well, you know, uh, taken from that context, I would say probably the entire existence of government could be termed to be a conspiracy, where certain people know that they can get advantages from a mechanism that they create, which has the veneer of legality, the veneer of morality, the veneer of uh, proper ethics, but in fact is the monopoly on the legal use of force. And and you know, your question bringing this up sort of springs to mind how how I you know how I uh, uh, titled the website Liberty Conspiracy because I thought it was ironic that you had to have a conspiracy for freedom. Um, mm. I, I don't think you, you needed to have a conspiracy for the growth of government. 
the growth of government, I think, relies upon people's desires to get something off of their neighbors and to tell their neighbors what to do. And they wouldn't do yep. it if they had to face their neighbor, but if they have something that provides them this edifice of legality, they will do it. Thanks, Andrew. Great call. Appreciate the topic. 800-259-9231. Dictionary definition of conspiracy does involve it being done in secret. Surreptitious plans, evil, unlawful, treacherous, surreptitious formulated in secret by two or more persons. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. So if you're admitting openly, but maybe covertly, I don't know. Let's talk a little more about the uh, definition here in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Gart. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. And, uh, by the way, those features include the updates. You get signed up. We keep you in the loop. Whenever you uh, go to updates.freetalklive.com, get on the list for free. That's updates. FreeTalkLive.com. If you're remodeling your kitchen or bath, now you can purchase knobs and pulls at wholesale prices and support a business that supports Free Talk Live. Enter knobs.com. Save 10% on your order already wholesale price by using code FTL at checkout. That's internobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs and pulls at internobs.com. Continuing with your calls in a moment here, just a quick study of, uh, of terminology, conspiracy. We were talking with a caller earlier about the conspiracy theorists out there. And, and what is a conspiracy? Well, is it a conspiracy if it's not done in secret? If they're writing books and, and publishing articles about what it is that they want to do? Not technically. I mean, at least if you're using the initial definitions of conspiracy, which uh, which would be an evil, unlawful, treacherous, or surreptitious plan formulated in secret by two or more persons or a combination of persons for a secret, unlawful, or evil purpose. So, you know, as you go on in the definition, it loosens up a little bit to include any concurrence in action, combination in bringing about a given result. And and based on the caller that we had uh, prior to the uh, commercial break, and I hope that I addressed at least part of what he had to say, because it was very substantive. He brought up the question of ideals versus institutions. And, and we, as people who believe in leaving our neighbor alone, as people who believe in individual liberty, uh, why is it that we are often less inclined to buy into the conspiracy theories regarding government trying to do this or to or to do that and of course um i believed in the in the in the on the primary definition of a conspiracy, which is that it has to be a secretive group, but in a way you could you could do variations of that because with that idea of ideals versus institutions, the institution of government allows people to do things innately that they don't have to conspire because the institution itself acts as its own conspiracy to, to in a way and, and I know this is is sort of a, an abstract notion, but what I mean is. You don't have to have a group of people knowingly plotting to try to bring about this or that because the institution itself will metastasize and grow. It becomes a secret 
it is its own conspiracy in a way. It acts it is on a human great nature. Scam. I mean, yeah, the uh, the government system is probably the greatest criminal scam ever known to mankind, and most people are completely oblivious to it. You know, people. They they may realize some things that you know they might realize that there's a threat of violence behind the government, but they not they 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 may not actually explicitly understand it or or realize that it's necessarily a bad thing inherently. They may feel as though it's unfair that it's being directed at them, but they may not understand that it's uh, it, it you know it's it's inherent throughout the system and then it's wrong to do those things. And and I think you could have uh, in some cases the growth of government growing and metastasizing, like I said, uh, without any necessary conspiracy. But at the same time, you do have actors who are moving within those circles uh, for example, Hillary Clinton is, is a prime example, and other types of people, when you look at the constitutional parameters and what they want to do, and and just today there's been released this audio that uh, people have been talking about, about Barack Obama actually explicitly saying that he thought the Warren Court did not do enough to decouple the United States from the U.S. Constitution. Uh, usually, you'll get left-wingers not admitting that they want to toss aside the Constitution, the very entity that will give them their seats in power, even though I think it's a flawed document and I would rather have a, a, a society without even the Constitution in, in most respects. What I'm saying is that these guys, they know that if they were to tell the American people, no, we want to disregard the Constitution, they would look be looked at as, as, as evildoers. And so instead they call it a living document. They say it has to be interpreted progressively and things like that. Right. They won't explicitly say it. So that itself is a conspiracy. Well, when, again, according to the definition, it's whenever something is done in secret. And, you know, how about obscured truth? I think that might be a better term. And I know uh, we're going to talk to Sam from the Obscured Truth Network here yeah. in a little bit on the program. He actually went back to court today. We're going to get an update from him. Uh, but I, I think maybe obscured truth might apply better to a lot of the things that are going on out there. I mean, we had a guy call earlier about the, the, the whole corporate person theory. Mm -hmm. And there's actually some evidence for that. But you have to really dig around. You really have to dig and and learn things to uh, sort of uncover that information. It's there. You know, Same way with the the schools that you were right, talking about these right. uh, these central planners or the you know the, uh, the what is it the Prussian system right, people right, that right. are advocating these things. They advocate them within their own little circles. But the the papers that they're advocating them in are public. You know you can go and you can read their books and you can read their documents. But you have to go and, and dig you know, for it. You know so it's that's there. An excellent point, Ian. And I think as time goes by, this phenomenon occurs in almost anything. And, and, you know, whether it's people trying to aggrandize power to themselves or their friends or whatever, you look at the music world. Um, uh, when Green Day became huge, there's an alternative radio station. Uh, I knew this was going to be a punk rock reference. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of strange. Um, but it, it does remind me there are all these formative bands. If you know the lineage of you know punk rock, mm -hmm. goes back to Iggy and the Stooges and the MC5 in in, uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and Detroit, and. Um, a lot of people who came up and started to, you know, devote themselves to the sort of resurgence of punk in the 90s that came around, they were unaware of this. Um, now, as more and more time goes by, it, unless these guys are recognized and, and held up for the achievers that they were, uh, the people who are the ones who are sort of running the music show or the people who are listening will say, oh, yeah, well, you know, the people, you know, the punk rockers are X, Y, and Z from the past four or five years. Yeah. So that, that sort of thing happens a lot of times. You get writers, the same sort of thing. You know, H.P. Lovecraft, famous horror writer. Uh, a lot of people, maybe 100 years from now, might not remember H.P. Lovecraft, but he formed and he pushed along something that other people recognized, and then later it sort of becomes forgotten. I think you're right. That so obscure he's, truth yeah, concept. Lovecraft would be the obscured truth in that, yeah. that particular genre and that, that issue. 
Yeah. Whereas a uh, you know the theory about JFK's assassination uh, may be more of a conspiracy theory because nobody is openly writing books saying, "Hey, I did it," you know, or or openly admitting to yeah. what actually went on there. Though I think there wasn't there some sort of news about somebody on a deathbed releasing some information there. There was know. not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, I, but I don't really remember well, what the, the details. Please, were. there are bumper stickers out there that say. Cthulhu in 08, why settle for a lesser <laughs> evil? I mean, it's out there, people. <laughs> All right. We continue with your phone calls. Bring up what you want. It is... Uh, Gotta really un- know who Lovecraft is for that joke. <laughs> Unruly Adam is on the line in California. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello. Are any of you worried about people infiltrating the Free State Project? Oh, I imagine it's already happened. What are they going to do when like they get how, here? I don't, I'm, how, how libertarian do you have to be to be uh, invited well, I believe there's no there's invitation. No uh, you can invite yourself by going to freestateproject.org and signing up. And I don't have the statement of intent in front of me, but I, you know, to paraphrase it, I believe that uh, you have to sign something that says you believe the maximum role of government is the protection of life, liberty, and uh, property or happiness, one or the other. And so you can be a minarchist, you can be a small government kind of person, and you would be qualified for the uh, the Free State Project. So. Um would you personally welcome somebody that thought that all drugs should be legalized except for heroin? I personally would not welcome somebody like that, no. But uh, I'm not what? in charge of the Free State Project, so it really wouldn't matter what my opinion is. Well, I, I think I that would, I, I think that uh, that person probably has a little bit of room to grow. Yeah, I would talk to the person. And, uh, the yeah. person but you're not going to welcome them? How are you going to talk to them if you don't welcome them? I don't know. I, I you're thought a, that, uh, you're, you're just a jerk. You're, you're, you're an uh, iconoclast. Manwich, uh, you, you're a jerk. Are you talking about if somebody would be advocating throwing heroin uh, users in jail or if that just happened to be their belief? No, I'm talking about somebody that goes by what the government says today and wants to keep it going for heroin, that one thing. Or if somebody if somebody's an advocate, an open advocate of government coercion, I cannot welcome someone like that. Look, if, the, if that person has managed to take the step on cocaine, that person has managed to take the step on um, all the other drugs out there, all the big ones, then I can't see any reason why they wouldn't take the step on heroin. Well, it's a pretty ludicrous question. I agree with that part, but uh, you know, if they're out but there, but you're not going to welcome them. If they're rattling the saber for government control of people's lives, there's no way I could possibly uh, welcome somebody like that. That's just my no, personal. Why? How do I get in here every day? You're not advocating throwing anybody in uh, prison cells, Mark. I, all I'm saying is that we should have, uh, you know, we should, uh, you know, have cops and uh, and roads handled by the government. I mean, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from on that. Um, Thank you for the call, sir. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. But you're not out agitating for those things. You're not out calling for government control of people's lives. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Gard. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those. And uh, if you like the show and you'd like to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. And I'd like to point out that uh, we had a little bug fix with the Amazon link recently. Uh, Thanks to uh, Daniel. I, I believe he's over there in Sweden. He uh, did a little code tweaking for us because what was happening for him was as he was living in Sweden, or is, uh, when he was going to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, it wasn't redirecting him appropriately to uh, the correct website. You see, what I mean by that is we have accounts with various different Amazons across the world. We have Amazon US, of course. We've got Amazon UK. We've got Amazon uh, Canadian. And we've got Amazon Germany. 
And so if you're not in one of, or if you're in one of those countries and you type in amazon.freetalklive.com, it should take you to the correct website. If you're outside of one of those countries, what was supposed to happen was that it would take you to a selection page where you would be. So if you're in Sweden and you go to amazon.freetalklive.com, it should show you four different flags of those four different uh, countries, and you could choose for yourself which one of those you wanted to go and order from. And so that bug has been fixed, so now everybody who's not in one of those countries should be sent to the selection page to make things a little easier for them. Nice. So, once again, amazon.freetalklive.com. If you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. And so, uh, really appreciate everybody that shops through amazon.freetalklive.com. You know, Mark, I want to clarify something uh, from what we were just talking about. We had uh, Unruly Adam from California ask a pretty absurd question. The idea was, if somebody uh, has accepted legalizing all drugs except heroin, would I welcome them into the Free State Project? And uh, you, made a, you made a good point, Mark, and I clarified with a question to Adam, and I said, well, would this person be agitating, you know, openly agitating for enforcing that particular set of rules? Because if they're agitating for it, then I've got a real problem with that, and I definitely wouldn't welcome somebody like that. Yeah. However, uh, I would also say that if they were somebody – yeah, I, I would say that if they were agitating for government coercion, government control, I'm not going to welcome them. I'm, I know that there are some people in the Free State Project, the minarchist, small government types that will open their arms up to you know pretty much anybody that's for smaller government, and I think that's that's fine. And those are the people that tend to inhabit the Free State Project forums and things like that, so you know that wouldn't be a problem. But if you're agitating for controlling people's lives – I won't welcome you. I'm not going. To, I can't stop you from joining well, and coming here, but I'm not going I, to welcome you. I didn't you. hear him say the part about agitating, and that's this is the, this is where the, the the situation gets very very ludicrous, um, where you're talking about a person who believes that all drugs, all illegal drugs currently, um, should be re-legalized except for heroin, but they're going out and holding signs and going to public meetings and they're saying heroin should not be re-legalized like all the other drugs, and this is a I mean this that's a strange individual. Do you understand? But, but you know, the the example of it actually rings true in, in real experience here in New Hampshire, where uh, I have a friend who is a, a evangelical Christian. Uh, she's in favor, and for many years in the state of New Hampshire, uh, the, the closest allies you were going to get, other than the members of the Libertarian Party here, were probably the evangelical Christians who were either homeschooling or whatever. They were in favor of at least local control, devolving government, and uh, and at least supporting the U.S. Constitution, right. which you know would go far enough to a certain point for me in in in, in devolving the size of government, but. A lot of times what ended up happening was we, I would start to notice that one issue would crop up, gay marriage. Mm. And it was always gay marriage, always gay marriage, always gay marriage. Turns out this woman was getting funded from a national organization that where she would make more money to try to lobby to amend the state constitution in New Hampshire to make it so that only a man and woman could legally marry. Uh, so on one spent, hand she's doing activism for smaller government, but on the other hand she wants her one side, you know, she well, wants her one exactly. government program to get to get larger and more intrusive in people's right. lives. I'm and glad she you brought would, that down to earth. And, and and it was one of those things where it was became very uncomfortable for me to be able to to maybe go to any of her events. And she's a friend of mine, so I'm like I'm thinking to myself, well, it's a seventy dollar dinner. I, I mean, you know, and this is this is more on the 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 monetary side of her organization, but just freely associating with someone. 
you know, you can try to convince this person. You can try to work with her. I've had her on the radio show many times. It always ends up in an argument, and she gets upset and, and stomps off later mm. on. So it's one of those deals. It's very difficult, and you do run into these situations sometimes. You say, well, you know, is it is it worth my time trying to pull this person into the fold, working where we agree and saying, you know, we'll agree to disagree where we don't, where this person is rapidly working to get the state further involved in, in, in this particular issue? I know for a so fact. So they're working on one. She, she's working. She's sort of. You know, uh, gives gives lip service to freedom, but she's actually working against yeah. it. Yeah, that was in one, one of those, area. That was in one yeah. area. Yeah. And, well, you I'm know, just I'm just saying I'm just trying but, to figure this out. But it in seems the past, very odd. But I guess pa- you're right. In the past, she had done a lot of other good things to try to get the the state out of local governments and things like I that. I think it's a perfect example to make what Adam was talking about more realistic. I, I think his per, his perspective was, I mean, his suggestion was unreal. That's very, very yeah, you unlikely could, there's you someone could like that out there. Have but somebody it, who had a, a friend a or family member suggestion. who died from heroin. It was a good enough something. suggestion that he could, uh, you know, that Gardner could place it into real life. Right. So I, would I welcome I'm somebody amazed. like that? I would not welcome them. I like the idea of trying to persuade them. I think that's fine. You know, hey, you know, try to explain to them why liberty is beneficial and why if you want to have liberty, you have to allow others to live their lives in ways that you might otherwise morally disagree with. Well, uh, and that's why I always qualify whenever I invite somebody to check out the Free State Project. I always say if you believe in liberty and by that i mean you know the the uh, allowing your neighbors to live their lives how they want because if you don't believe in that i don't want to be helpful to you i really don't i mean uh, if i was more of the political kind of person like maybe a dentist or somebody else in in the state who's active in politics then that's where you have to really you know uh you have to hold your nose and join forces with people that you wouldn't otherwise mm-hmm. want to be associated mm-hmm. with in order to get something else done over here so so the <laughs> so, political people might hold their nose and and join forces with a woman like that in order to uh, loosen homeschooling restrictions, but then work against her when she's advocating for uh, more restrictions on. That's uh, the nice thing about uh, civil disobedience, uh, market-based activism, is you don't have to worry about practicality. Yeah, exactly. The, um, the uh, I, I'm on. It's a, it's, a, it's serving on, lessons. Uh, <laughs> on voting day, I'll be voting for a guy who's a uh, you know who's a going for state rep. Mm-hmm. He's going to be one of the 400 state reps here locally, and I'm not going to probably I I may not even vote on the national level at all, um, but I'm going to vote for this this guy and he appears to be pretty darn good constitutional type until it comes to the a couple of big christian type issues uh you know abortion gay marriage things like that and i'm not saying that i for one civil gay civil unions are the law in this state and abortions are the law in this state i'm not looking to get those things um, repealed or uh, turned over or anything like that i bet he is however since he's pretty good on a lot of issues I'm probably I'm going to give him my vote, so you know I'll I'll usually take somebody who's over eighty percent, but in the case of Sununu, who's a uh, state you know national senator, he's he's probably over eighty percent. However, his uh, his twenty percent really really stinks. He's uh, been for the FISA spying bill, the all, this foreign these foreign wars, Iraq and Afghanistan, and. Uh, and uh, not to mention the bailout for the rich bankers. That's so. true. You have to wait to certain issues, I think, when you're associating with people. And, and you know, it's 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 uh, I think easier for us in conversations where Mark is a, a, minor, a minimalist, a libertarian, and you're an anarchist, a free marketeer. I'm a free marketeer. Uh, we're in conversation uh, where we know that maybe someone is not openly avowing uh, uh, the the support, his support for somebody, or someone is not entering the political sphere for election, then it's a little easier for us to talk about this, try to convince each other and, and make friends and say, maybe I can convince you of the validity of my argument. When I meet someone who's running for office, 
that clicks off a, a, a mechanism for me where immediately, uh, if they are in favor of something, I will look at them as an enemy. If they are supporting someone, you know, if they're supporting the the growth of government mm-hmm. in, in many ways, they're an enemy. They're they're an enemy of freedom. They're they're they they support that which is evil. Right. Uh, and um, and and I can give a whole bunch of rationales, but between the the good and the evil. But if you're thinking that um, that which su- supports human productivity and a standard of living that increases as good, and that which is destructive to it as evil, then I will oppose evil. So those people are immediately off my list. Then you have the people who support them, openly supporting them. And if I cannot talk to them, if I recognize that they're rabidly in favor of these sorts of things, forget it. They're off my list. Uh, I can't. I I just cannot associate with them. Right. Just, we can it's, only it's associate innate... with so many people yeah. in our lives. We can only be friends with so many people. And I think that's totally the whole idea to welcoming somebody. I can't welcome somebody that's advocating for coercion. I can't welcome somebody that's advocating to hurt people that uh, would other that would otherwise be my friends. As an example, if somebody wanted to come out and you know live here in Keene, and we were to find out that and, and Keene is populated mostly by outside the system market based activists, as far as uh, the activists that have moved here for the Free State Project. Right. I don't mean the, 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 the general population. Whatever. I don't mean the general population. I just By mean no the, means. The, the, uh, the the free staters that have come here. But if somebody shows up and they are obviously, you know, they obviously hate gay people and are very intolerant of uh, somebody with a different moral set as theirs, I don't want to hang out with that person. I don't want to be associated with that person. I don't want to welcome that person to the area. I don't want to be around that person. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's ostracism, baby, and I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I'm in favor, too. I'm beginning to see the right I do have that. exceptions. You know, it's tough when you're going to a punk club to hang out with people who musically like the same things you do or, or movies, whatever. Sometimes there are exceptions. More on the way. Hour three's coming up. More with uh, We're going to bring Sam on from the Obscure Truth Network. This November, support the real libertarian. Support George Phillies for president. George wants Uncle Sam out of your wallet, bedroom, and gun locker. This November, send Henry Paulson and those congressional bailout crooks a message. Vote Libertarian. In New Hampshire, vote Phillies for president. Donate at ChooseGeorge.org. That's ChooseGeorge.org. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for president. I approved of this message. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231 as we launch here in hour number three of the program. And it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And uh, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. And the Free State Project is, of course, your only choice for more liberty in your lifetime. I think it's your best choice, actually, uh, to achieve more liberty in your lifetime. You can learn more about it by going to freestateproject.org and learn more about the Liberty Forum that they're holding in early March by going to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Use the discount code 2009FTL to get a 10% discount. That's 2009FTL. And I was actually talking with Dale from anarchyinyourhead.com uh, during the, the news break there about the, uh, one of the topics we were covering last hour. And just briefly, I'd like to point out something that I didn't really uh, realize until after we'd finished this 10-minute long discussion about, well, what if somebody wants to join the Free State Project, but they believe government should be coercive in the area of enforcing heroin laws or gay marriage or something like that, or, you know, preventing gays from, uh, gay people from being married. And uh, Dale pointed out, and correctly, that 
that is a violation of the statement of intent. Uh, both of those positions, you know, the one with the heroin is pretty ludicrous, but both of them are violations of the state of in, statement of intent for the Free State Project, which is that, to paraphrase it, that um, that my maximum role for government is a, uh, is to support life, liberty, or protect life, liberty, in the uh, pursuit of happiness. And so, I it was property, property, property. And, I always mix those two up. Anyway, so so they're mixed up in the uh, the founding documents. Yeah. So uh, so clearly, advocating for gay people to not be able to marry one another and uh, advocating for heroin users to be thrown in cages would would not qualify you for joining the Free State Project. As much as you know, we might want somebody who's who's ninety percent uh, for liberty. It, it really isn't qualified, so I think that's a good point to, to bring up here. Let's continue with your phone calls. Bring up anything, and don't forget to go to freestateproject.org to learn about the Liberty Forum. And if you love liberty, and by that I mean your ability to – what are you looking at, Mark? You okay? I, I don't – there's no verbiage for this thing. I'm and, not and, handing it to you. I'm giving okay. it to you to put away. Anyway, uh, so if you love liberty, and what I mean by that is the liberty uh, to, to, to allow your neighbors to live their lives as free people and to, uh, to allow them to do what they want as long as they aren't harming others, that's what I mean by loving liberty, uh, then come on over and join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. And one of those free staters who will be here by the end of the year, uh, he has pledged to do so, is Sam from the Obscured Truth Network uh, at obscuredtruth.com. Sam, some of your, uh, you've actually had some recent videos added to your YouTube channel at obscuredtruth.com, which have been uh, pretty entertaining. That They were uh, you, you and myself uh, riding along with Shane Maxfield from the Keene Police Department and talking about all kinds of things relating to uh, marketizing the police, uh, shifting them out of the government coercive perspective and maybe into a more voluntary consent, uh, consent-based market uh, environment, talking about some of the problems that are inherent with the coercive system of the police. So I invite people, if they have yet to go and see those videos, to go to ObscuredTruth.com where you can see them. But that's not the reason you were calling tonight. It's not. And the reason I am calling is it's been a while since I've... Um called in about any of my traffic cases that I've been taking through the courts, sort of challenging the jurisdiction and the authority of the courts in the process. That's because they set a three-month window to prepare for trial. Hmm. And that was today, and then there's another one on Wednesday. Now, is this originally for a speeding ticket? It was, yeah. Okay. So this was actually the very first ticket that I got and uh, went to the two pretrial hearings on where the judge sort of answered some of the questions and ended up filing the motions like, am I in, uh, entitled to a fair trial or, or uh, am I entitled to responsive answers to my questions? And he said that question is just too vague for him to answer. Um, so I, I went this morning and there were, uh, as I walk up the stairs, there's four cops there waiting for me. And I'm like, hey, you got the whole gang out for me. How you doing, guys? And, Turns out two of them were my personal escorts for the day. Anywhere that I went, they went ahead and went with me all the way out wow. to my car in the parking lot. And I got my camera and went back in to film some B-roll stuff afterwards, mm-hmm. and they followed me back into the building. So I think they were assigned to escort me, and I'm thinking that also they won't be able to leave until I leave the, the property because they were standing mm-hmm. outside you know, when I was out <laughs> of the car. 
So I may have a captive audience, and I may just decide on Wednesday to give them a little talk about my philosophy on liberty for an hour or two out in the parking lot. <laughs> oh, you just catch, catch them, catch them uh, by a park bench. You know, you just you know, kind of put put them put them there by the park bench and talk to them the whole time. Now, does this courtroom yeah, have on camera? On camera, since uh, yeah. you know, I'll be free to uh, film them. They're not going to say anything. They're just going to be making stupid faces at me. But I think it'll be pretty entertaining. Yeah, I, I'm entertained already just I, hearing. The I love idea. the idea. Now, the courtroom. Uh, what, you think they would follow you to the bathroom if you went in there? No, no, I did go to the bathroom and they didn't. Um, they kind of stayed okay. out in the public area where I was attacked the last time. Does the, uh, uh, they, I was going to ask, does the courtroom have like a snack bar to where you could keep nourishing yourself and stay there as long as you sort of needed to? No, there's not. But you I, could order I a could pizza. put some food in my bag or something. Yeah. I've been bringing my, one of my computer bags. So. Make a sandwich or something like that. Yeah, that would work. That would work. <laughs> I love the idea. So wait, this means that this is going on till tomorrow. So it didn't wrap up today. What uh, what well, happened? It did. It did wrap up today. So I have two tickets in this one court, and so one jury trial was today, and the uh, the second ticket that jury trial is on Wednesday. Okay. Oh, so, I see. I got you. So you finished okay. one. Now you're going to do another tomorrow or right. Wednesday. Yeah. Exactly. So I go there, and they, of course, check me in without asking my name, and I'm like, who are you? And he says, sir, I think everybody here knows who you are. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, well, yeah, but is that the legal requirement? And that's when he finally asked for my name. That took like five minutes. So it, it, towards the end of the day, I was able to break the ice with him, and we were talking and joking and stuff. And he, I'm like, all right, man, I'm, I'm going to have to make another video that's going to really rip you all. And he's like, oh, I don't want to be in it. <laughs> so Quit your job. It lightened up a little bit. Um, so he tells me when I get there that I am to go in and, and wait in the waiting room, and I'm going to meet with the judge and the prosecutor. So I'm like, all right. And I go and do that, and I see Judge McCarthy, uh, who was the original one that I've had all the hearings with. Well, they traded it out. They, they, remember they said they could switch the judge at any time? Mm -hmm. They did, and they put the senior judge in charge of my case. Mm -hmm. So they you know, brought out the big guns. Big guns, which is, right. yep. Exactly what I was hoping for. A lot of people are getting hung up on, oh, is he going to win? Is he going to beat the state? The the whole intent in doing this, and I, I can say this now because it's pretty much over, um, is really to push a bunch of buttons and try a bunch of different strategies and see where they how they respond. Yeah, and that's can, kind of what we're doing up here in New Hampshire, and you're going to be joining that fun here and bringing your expertise, what you've learned uh, up here and trying these things here when you have activists to back you up, which should kind of change the uh, the game a little bit. Oh, but, yes. uh, but this is a very interesting uh, thing that, that you are doing and that some others are doing, and we're trying these different theories out. Some people have, have suggested, I mean, there have been theories floating around on the Internet for a long time about how to approach things in court, questions to ask, things to do, and, of course, there are all kinds of different ones out out there so let's test the waters and see what works and that's what you've begun to do down there and one of those was the whole idea of the ucc um uniform commercial code that that is somehow acting as the basis for all of this and it's really they're using very specific words to trick people into contracting with the state mm. and so one of the things i did was file a, a notice of abatement that said uh i just figured out that i'm not this all uppercase i know you think this is a little crazy ian but I'm not this name, and I said, here's how I spell my name. If there's been a mistake, just please correct the form. If it's really me you seek, then, you know, spell my name the way I do, and I'll be happy to come back to your trial. And uh, one of the things they did shortly after that is they sent me the two sworn oaths uh, from each of the two traffic tickets, 
Now, they had already given me those, and they knew that I already had a copy of them because they mailed them, and they mailed them together the first time. Okay. Well, after I filed this notice of abatement, they sent me these in separate envelopes so that uh, the idea behind this UCC stuff is what I would do is say, nope, these aren't, this isn't my mail because it's got the all uppercase name on it, send it back to them and say, you know, as previously noticed, um, I'm not this person, and send that uh, notice of abatement in as, that, that was certified by the court to say, look, it's not me that you're seeking. Please, you know, stop, stop contacting me about this. But I didn't send those back, and the judge said, you know, that, that came into play, and we brought that up in the, in the meeting that we I'm had. I'm a little back confused. I want you to recap this for me. Hang on. More with okay. Sam from the Obscure Truth Network. I don't know if I was quite getting that. Gardner, you were looking a little confused I was, as well. I was looking to you. I was, it, I mean, it's fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah. We're going to come back uh, with more. We'll talk about Sam's day in court today, and he'll have another one on Wednesday. I'm sure we'll hear more at that point, and more with Sam from the Obscure, Tru- uh, Obscure Truth Network in moments. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. If you dial in, take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And again, that's 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, webcam version. You'll see it all and listen to it all at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. According to the Computer Privacy Handbook, normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented. Put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use email alternative. PrivacyHarbor.com because normal email is not secure. And you can get a free account at PrivacyHarbor.com right now. It's PrivacyHarbor.com. Let's go back to Sam from the Obscured Truth Network at ObscuredTruth.com, videographer and experimenter in the realm of uh, alternative ideas as to how to handle these government people, particularly uh, in their own courtrooms. That's where you've been having the opportunity to experiment uh, because they decided to come after you with speeding tickets, uh, as, and I'm sure they are regretting doing so at this point uh, because you've been going into court over the last six months or so and asking all kinds of questions they would would rather not be asked in front of other people, making them very uncomfortable, putting them in a position they would probably rather not be in. And you were talking about your experiences going back to court for one of these speeding tickets today. And so uh, you were telling us you had gotten there, and you were talking about one of the, the you were talking about the, the all caps name theory, which from what I've seen so far is inconsistently used at best. Uh, but but it stems from the larger theory conspiracy, if you want to call it a conspiracy theory. Maybe uh, again we were one talking earlier obscure truth, obscure truth yeah. uh, because if it's true that the government has created corporate persons. Uh, and, and essentially, those corporate persons are usually represented by all caps names, you know, the entire name spelled in all capital letters. Uh, if it's true that the government has created per- corporate persons, there should be evidence of it. And indeed, there, there does seem to be some evidence for that. But is the all caps person thing used consistently? No, it certainly is not. Because in the paperwork that the government's been sending me here, the government people have been sending me here in Keene, they have been using my regular uh, birth name in the correct uh, capitalization. But you say they sent you some stuff in all caps, and you sent them something back. And I, I was getting a little confused at what you were explaining uh, earlier. So if you could sort of recap that, that would be good. Yeah, sorry about that. It's a little confusing. So, in essence, what happened is I sent them a notice saying, look, I, I've got your notice here, and it's, I don't think it's me you seek. 
I think you're looking for somebody with a similar name. But if it is, just change the name to this. This is what how I write my name mm-hmm. and send it back to me. And should be a simple matter, a simple correction. And you say yeah. they did not do that. They did not. And I also put notes in there that said, you know, if you want to keep bothering me with offers, it's going to cost you, and here's what it costs for me to consider your offers and so forth. You gave them a fee schedule? In a way, yeah. Okay. Uh, a pretty simplified one. So they did not respond, but what they did is they said, okay, we're going to test this out, and they sent me these sworn oaths again in separate envelopes rather than together like they did the first time. Still with the capitals? So, yes. And uh-huh. so what that means is if I don't send that back and say, hey, this is not me, then I've just eroded my position before the court, and they're able to ignore that previous notice. How were you delivering your notices to uh, the court? Were you hand-delivering it? Were you I, sending yeah, certified mail? I took it in by hand and had it stamped by the court and then kept uh, a stamped copy for myself. So did you bring your own copy? Because they're not going to copy it for yes. you, right? Yes, I did. Okay, so this is something I'm going to have to try because I'm about ready to deliver a notice uh, uh, to the court people here in Keene. And what I had been doing when I was delivering my stuff to the government people is I would just be handing it to them, uh, which apparently is not good enough. So they they have some sort of stamp, and they will the, like the, whoever's operating at the the court's window will will take care of that. Yeah, the, the, those are the clerk of courts, and they will stamp it received with a date, and uh, that that should be good. Now. I realized I was in over my head with this UCC stuff. I didn't know what I was doing, so that's why I didn't send the letters back and say, you know, look, this is still not me. Um, I see. So you, so, st- you dropped that approach at that point. Yes. Gotcha. But when I went in to the judge, they, they had me, of course, pulled me back to meet with the judge and the prosecutor. Uh, I said, you know, there's a question of my identity before the court. And he said, well, uh, no, there's not. Uh, you're here, so... Uh, there's no question. We don't. We're not going to deal with that. <laughs> You're here, so we're not going to deal with that. Huh. And that kind of was a little odd. But you know, okay, no problem. Uh, he just would not hear that. And then what he did is he put two documents in front of me. One was a motion for limey, which is where the prosecutor moves to suppress a bunch of evidence from coming up in trial. And what he was trying to suppress was all of my videos, any audio recordings I had. Everything. It's a list of like 14 different items because hmm. uh, he was afraid of that. So that was sent to me three months ago about, or two months ago at least. And uh, the the court never ruled on it until this morning at about 8 a.m. <laughs> and the judge also filed a supplemental order in Limey, or Limony. I may be saying that wrong, Limony. Um, and in this supplemental order... The last note, this is things that I can't bring up, is uh, any reference or mention of any law, regulation, court ruling, uh, holding, or order that has not been included in the court's charge to the jurors ultimately selected in this case. So you couldn't talk about the Constitution or something like that? Translated, what that means is the only questions I'm allowed to ask are ones that are directly related to what the state put in their complaint against me. That's the only thing I'm allowed to ask questions about in my own defense. So you couldn't ask, uh, you know, are you sworn to uphold the New Hampshire Consti- or the uh, Texas Constitution? No. So I wow. couldn't challenge. Man. I couldn't challenge the credibility of the witness brought against me. Wow. Wow. Uh, Sam, it sounds like an offer I wouldn't want to accept. The judge ordered this. He put this in the record the morning before the trial. So he wanted to keep this secret, and this was his way of attacking me and, and shooting uh, hmm. Trying you know, to my strategy. Yeah, yeah. So you've obviously been doing a lot of research. Are you finding ways that you can get around this? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and what about today, this morning, what you heard about uh, regarding the presentation that the prosecution wanted to eliminate your videos and so on? Is that uh, is that uh, that's been decided? Well, that's fine because you know the stuff afterwards, the the being attacked and whatever. That's not really relevant, and I can see why they would want to keep that out. And I had no plans to bring any of what he was had mentioned into the court. They thought I was just trying to do this crazy, make them look bad in court or something. Mm. Um, Interesting. So then they tell me that, and he's trying to get me to accept things, and I'm not accepting or understanding or standing under his order. So he was asking you, I'm going to do this and that, and do you understand, right? They like to ask you, do you understand? And that's their way of getting you to consent to whatever it is that they just essentially asserted. Uh, But if you don't understand, and you don't, because you couldn't possibly understand these people unless you are uh, somebody who has legal training, because these people, these judges and prosecutors and people like that, and and, uh, they are trained in legalese, and they are speaking a different language. So whenever somebody, even if they're a cop, they are not trained in legalese, but even if they're a cop, government people asking you, do you understand? You want to make a habit out of saying, no, I don't understand. (laughs) What do you mean by blah, blah, blah? When you hear a bureaucrat use the understand word, turn it around to say stand under back to yourself. That's what he's saying. Do you stand under what I just said, meaning do you abide and agree by all of it? Right. Do you, are you beneath me, basically? Is it kind of like on the Warner Brothers cartoon when, the, uh, when, when Bugs Bunny would say, Hocus Cadabra, it, uh, it would turn the vampire guy into like a head with wings? <laughs> I don't know, Mark. <laughs> Hang on, Sam. We're going to bring you back here for more. Uh, more about Sam's day in court today. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And this is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those. They include the bulletin board system, over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there. Everything from serious issues to fun stuff, you will find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. The Institute for Humane Studies is now offering free seminars over spring break. This March, join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical liberal and libertarian thought. Participation is free. IHS provides both housing and meals during the conference. Apply now to attend a seminar at the University of California in Santa Cruz on March 7th through the 12th or Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia for uh, March the 14th through the 19th. Visit LibertarianSeminars.com for more information. It's open to undergraduates, graduate students, recent graduates. Uh, The deadline to apply for acceptance is November the 15th. That's early acceptance, apparently. Maybe there's regular acceptance, too. Do it. It's awesome. LibertarianSeminars.com? Yep, LibertarianSeminars.com. So we go back to Sam in Texas from the Obscure Truth Network at ObscureTruth.com. And you've been telling us about your visit to the 
Texas courts today in uh, the Plano area in regards to a speeding ticket that they forced upon you a few months back. And you were talking about some of the things that were happening pre-trial where they decided to uh, tell you that you were not going to be allowed questions uh, to ask any questions about anything that didn't have to do directly with the issue at hand, which was, of course, the, uh, you know, the de- details surrounding the speeding ticket. Uh, you also not, had only, a, hmm? not only that, but what's on the state's complaint that they filed against me. And that uh, isn't the complaint, That's the ticket? It. The ticket, yes. Okay. So I can only ask about the ticket, and they wrote up the ticket. So how is that even fair? The, the whole thing is a, is a big railroad. And, of course, you know, I, what do you do about something like that? You find out this at 8 o'clock this morning, right before you were ready to go into uh, their trial? Yeah, and then right after that, he tells me in no uncertain terms that if I were to, am to mention anything about jurors, jury nullification, basically he didn't use that word, mm. but... Uh, oh, that I would man. be found in contempt and arrested. Um, then he uh, ordered me out of his office, and I just kind of sat there and looked <laughs> at him, and he said, either you leave now or I'll have you arrested. And I said, okay, you're threatening me. And, him and the, he looked at the prosecutor, they laughed, and then he, the judge looked back at me and he said, sir, an offer is never a threat. This has to be, you called me this morning to tell me this right after it happened, and this has to be one of the most revealing things a judge has ever said, I think, in the history of your going in and testing the waters and testing some of these conspiracy theories. Because what is it that Robert Menard always says from thinkfree.ca? One of the most important things he points out is that whenever a bureaucrat says something to you, it's always an offer, and you can always make another offer back to them. So go ahead with what you were going to say there. Yeah, and I could tell when I was trying to do the the corporate name thing that I was tripping all over myself because I didn't know the language, and he was laughing. He wasn't laughing at the fact that I was so far off, but I think he was just sitting there back enjoying the fact that I was screwing up and giving away my position, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm. But let's move into the uh, jury. i got a lot of stuff to cover. So wait, after he made you that, uh, after he clarified that he was just making an offer to arrest you, you then, oh, we lost Sam. I'm sure he'll be calling back here shortly. Maybe the judge made an offer to disconnect his phone. It wasn't a threat. It was an offer. Uh, If you don't leave, I'm going to have you arrested. That's That's an offer. Interesting, isn't it? And the the way that he threatened to arrest him if he brought up anything, find him in contempt, if he brought up anything about jury nullification, that is something that the the judges are supposed to infirm the juries of. Uh, about Back I was on a jury were, pool. Yeah. yeah, I was on a jury pool. I get pulled off of a jury because they bring you into a large room. They sit you down and they they give you this little sheet with all the rights and responsibilities of the jurors. So I read it and the judge said, "Anybody have any questions?" And I said, "Yeah." So I raised my hand and I said, uh, "I see nothing on here that informs any of us that we have the right to find someone not guilty because Uh-oh. the law is wrong." You're off the jury at that point. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because <laughs> the judge said. I said, "Is that correct, sir?" And he said, uh, "Yes, he is correct, folks." You know, uh, obviously nice. he wasn't pleased. Then they split us into little groups. They sat us down, and the prosecution—you know—they can pull people off. I got pulled off the jury because mm-hmm. the prosecutor had seen what I'd done. You were going to say something, Mark? I, you know, I, I have a deep respect for uh, Sam, I, but I, I just wonder the terminology offer here. I mean, was could the judge have just been offering him the opportunity to go to jail? You know, like it, and you know, he didn't want to. It use was the, an offer. He didn't want to use the terminology threat. You know, like I, I'm wondering if there's too much being read into this. Aha! 
That's it, Eureka. We've discovered that in fact it's know, a voluntary man. You have corporation. to understand these people. The judges are the you know they're the the most. Pr- this was the top judge in the court, and judges are lawyers that have a whole lot of experience for the most part. And lawyers are people that learn this language called legalese, and they learn about the system. They know you know more well, than most people reasons, in the government okay. bureaucracy. One of the, the reasons gover- that I don't believe in conspiracy theories is a I believe the government is too. This is an obscure truth, not a conspiracy theory. The, one of the reasons that I don't... Uh, wh- that's a new name for a conspiracy theory. No, it's not. It, yes, it is. It's, this is in the open. You can go and look up their uh, their Fine, terms okay, their new terminology. Lease. The reason I don't believe it is because, A, too many people have to be involved, and, B, um, the, you've, you've got a situation where uh, you, you, you're you expecting bureaucrats Wait to hide minute, things. Wait a Mark. You're talking about they have law school that they send these people to. They tell them... They, this, that's where they bring them into the fold. The, the, you know, the bar is... A, is in a, it's a union for lawyers. I mean, these... That these are what these people are taught. I mean, Sam, I think is back with us. I'm presuming this is Sam. Is this Sam? Yes, I'm back. Hey, Sam. Uh, Mark was saying that he doesn't believe in conspiracy theories because it, it requires bringing too many people into the fold. And I think that's generally true when you're talking about you know blowing up a building on 9/11 or something like that, covering something like that up. But the law itself is is itself you know an obscure well, truth in that it's this alternate language. It's legalese. They know what it means, and we don't. And when you go to law school, you're learning about this stuff so yeah, yeah they it, are bringing a bunch of people into the fold and the, and the cops don't necessarily know about this but they're trained to talk a certain way to ask questions to ask use certain words and i i think they're kind of implicitly brought up even some of the regular words like driving and automobile and vehicle those are all legal terms that we use for a reason and it implies a completely different meaning and just because every police officer doesn't know that that's really what he's saying doesn't mean that you know they all would have to be in on it well and you weren't talking to a police officer you're, you're correct the enforcers are taught the bare minimum of what they need to know to do their job and that is to put people in cages and bring them into the system so the lawyers and the prosecutors and all those people can then work with them uh and make their offers to them uh but so the cops need to know the bare minimum but the lawyers need to know more and the judges need to know more than the lawyers and the top judge certainly knows more than the average judge I don't know what is going on with Sam's phone. Well, I would I would imagine that there's there's been quite a few judges retire in the uh, you know last fifty years. I would imagine one of them would have stepped forward and said, "Hey, you know this whole legal system's voluntary." And uh, if if you can get Sam back, oh, yeah, I don't think it's voluntary. Sam, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Do you think you had at any time time the um because the the gentleman was just making you an offer? Do you think you had the opportunity, the uh, the, the 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 freedom not, to not at that point to Mark. walk out? By the time it got to that point, no. But I think there are some opportunities. But once you, once you step in and contract with them, I think there's only your, your options sort of limit. The more and further and further you go, the the more restrictions are placed on what what options are available. But I think. There, there's something to this. I, it needs a lot more investigation. You know, right. I mean, people trying this stuff out and working together. I'm glad it's you and not me. That much is true. I, I, you know, I'm, I, I just, I, I'm, well, I'm very dubious. But well, uh, hang on a second, Mark. And I understand you should be skeptical, and that's one of the reasons why. Well, okay, it's easy to be skeptical, but it's another thing to actually test these theories out and see if they, uh, see if they actually hold any water. And what you're pointing out, Sam, is that you had agreed to go ahead with this trial thing, and so because you'd agreed to that, you'd essentially agreed to their offer and. That means you had to accept, uh, the, you know, their offer to restrict what you could possibly do because it's their trial and it's not yours, and you didn't make a counteroffer on that on their point about how you couldn't bring up certain things, right? 
Right. But right. you got stuck there because when you arrived, uh, you arrived with the question hanging, a uh, question hanging over them as to are they actually asking the correct person to appear in court? Well, but see, the letters nullified that that uh, form that, or that that writing that I sent to them. Mm. So by by not sending those back, I've already said no. Nope, I've eroded my position. And it defaults back to okay. their office. Right. We're back with more uh, with Sam because, uh, I mean, have we even gotten to the start of the trial yet? We've got to wrap this up <laughs> in one segment. Hang on, dude. 800-259-9231. A lot of subtleties to talk about here, but it's fascinating. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything, hopefully, if we have time for you. We've been doing an extended interview with uh, Sam from the Obscure Truth Network. If we don't get to you tonight, we will get to you if you call tomorrow. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, by the way, so enjoy them all on us. And if you like the show and you'd like to help support Free Talk Live, then you can do something really easy. And it'll only take you a moment. Go to podcastawards.com. Scroll down the page, find the political category. It's on the right, third category from the bottom. Uh, the political category, vote for Free Talk Live. And the way you do that is you check the little Free Talk Live option, scroll down a little bit, put your email address in, put in your name, and they'll use that on a random basis to verify that you are indeed a real person. They'll send you an email, and you'll have to click a link inside it just to make sure you're a real live human being. Uh, then choose whether you're a podcaster or a listener, and uh, select Submit. So it'll take you, I don't know, 30 seconds? to cast your vote for Free Talk Live. So head over to podcastawards.com, cast your vote for Free Talk Live in the political category. You can do it today, you can do it tomorrow, you can do it every single day, every 24 hours, between now and November 6th. So if all you can do it is once, that'll help. If you can do it every day, that'd be great too. Podcastawards.com. I've seen the awards in the studio. They're looking pretty cool from yep. previous winnings. And it's all because of our listeners, uh, people like you, going and voting for us. So thank you in advance for taking care of that. Uh, as we continue with Sam in Texas, soon to be in New Hampshire, but Sam is still down there. He's uh, from the Obscure Truth Network. He is the Obscure Truth Network at ObscureTruth.com. And you're telling us about some of your experiments in legal land. Uh, and one of those uh, experiments was conducted today in Plano, Texas, over a speeding ticket issue where the government judge uh, decided to uh, prevent you from asking questions that weren't directly related to the uh, the facts on the ticket itself, or the allegations, I guess they aren't really necessarily facts, uh, because you can actually ask about facts, and that's a whole other issue. But, Sam, go ahead and uh, share with us as much as you can here in this remaining segment of the program. Okay, you want me to try and get all the way through? If you can, yeah, because we're okay. just going to have more to talk about on Wednesday when you're done with your other, uh, the other true. trial. All right, so we got to jury selection. I was able to ask questions, and I tried to do so, ask questions that would frame my viewpoint, like, Raise your hand if you believe the state, the government, does a good job of solving problems. Two hands went up out of about 28. Wow. Nice. Uh, raise your hand if you think it's wrong to force someone to work for you under the threat of fines or jail. And most hands went up. You know, things like that. Uh, I ran out of questions. I think having a working list that the activists all put together and that we put on, like, maybe Biles. Um, wiki for all of this stuff would be really useful. So Isn't that, uh, that? I think that wiki is libertyactivism.info. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, so we eventually got down to the six jurors. Um, trial started, and one of the first things I started off with was uh, Article 3, which is equal rights, that says, you know, we all have to be treated equally uh, for the Texas Constitution. No, wait, was this and, your opening statement, or was this when you got to... Uh, your turn. Well, so I didn't make it. I chose to make my opening statement after the prosecutor called its witness. 
So okay. he made his opening statement. He questioned the officer. Then uh, I think I got to make no, no. I may, then I got to cross-examine the officer, and then I got to make my opening statement. Hmm. And then oh, I, for, I think that that was the end. And then we did our closing statement. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, there was a lot that went on today. Sure. Um, so basically, I I did the thing that uh, Nick Ryder did, where he pointed out the if we're equal, how is it I was disarmed and he was he's carrying a gun right now? Well, because the um, law says that everyone is equal in in front of the law, right? Yeah. Well, all I mean, it goes. It's even more blatant than that. I won't quote it, but I mean, it says you just, you have to be treated equally. And if there's laws that are not applying to the police but are to the jurors and the the defendants going in there, then that's not equal. But that ended up backfiring. How'd that go? Um, did they only well, apply it? Let me see if I can get to that. Uh, the other thing I did was a, a due process violation. Complaints, when, when he goes in and issues a complaint to the clerk that starts this trial, he has to swear an affidavit, an oath, to all of the facts on that ticket at the same time. If he doesn't do that, that's a due process violation, and it should be thrown out. Mm. I was able to read the criminal code to where the jury could hear it and ask him to take judicial notice of it, but then I couldn't ask the, que- the officer any questions about it because it didn't relate to anything on the complaint. And if you had attempted to ask those questions, you would have been probably threatened with arrest and contempt of court. And I think it's yeah. interesting because this seems to be a tactic that they like to use when they're getting nervous and they're getting backed into a corner is to use the threat of arrest. And that's what they used with me when I was in the uh, for the uh, the preliminary hearing on the couch issue here in Keene, as we've talked about. And if you need more, go to freekeen.com. Obviously, you don't have time to cover it here. But the judge said, if I hear one more word out of you, you'll be ar- I'll have you arrested. And, of course, I wasn't interested in going to jail that particular day, uh, so I decided to not continue saying things. But you said in one of your comments on the video at freekeen.com, you said that you are looking forward to getting here to New Hampshire where you can call his bluff because you believe that they're actually bluffing about that just to scare you off from asking more questions or to scare you from the direction that you were going in. And, and, and obviously, it's not time for you to call that bluff down there because you don't have anybody backing you up down there, right? Right, right. So, and I also, I asked for this sworn affidavit three months ago, and the prosecutor looked in the file, saw it wasn't there, knew that it was a due process violation, and had it sworn in by somebody else who was not the officer, so that makes it hearsay because it's not based on the account of a fact eyewitness. Mm. It was someone who heard the story from the officer, and that that's, should be thrown out. But, you know, again, that's not on the ticket, so I can't ask those questions. Mm. Um so I, during this trial, I was called up six times and warned about my questions, and <laughs> I, you can't say that. The jury was sent out one time <laughs> when we had it out. Um, I also, um, he asked if I was going to call any witnesses, and I said, yeah, there's one. Is he sworn in? You know, you, if, if they haven't been sworn in, I said, oh, he's been sworn in. I'm going to call uh, Rodney Patton, which is the prosecutor. <laughs> and the <judge> is <laughs> and isn't that the kid that you've like, got video oh, of? I can't <laughs> believe you just said that. And when I was going up to the bench, his his hand was shaking when he was dealing with me. I, I could tell it, it was he was uh, a little thrown off. By this what was, was the doing. this was the kind of the Weasley guy that you have video footage of in your court of public relations video, right? No, no, no. this is a, someone else. It's a different court. Um, okay, sorry, I'm confused. That's okay. Well, uh, yeah, different cases. Um, I also brought up the thing about the police officer drawing legal conclusions, uh, and they, that my objection was overruled. But then when the prosecutor did it to one of my to one of yeah my questions i said i agree and i want all of his legal conclusions stricken from the record including the one on this ticket 
No, we're not <laughs> going to address that, sir. <laughs> Again, there's the judge taking uh, the legal conclusions that helped the state's case while denying the ones that hurt it. Sure. So, it's their game. Um, they set all the rules. Mm. So that eventually the, I, I just give up. I've, I screwed up and left out a part that I'm going to use in Wednesday's case. The jury goes out for the verdict. Uh, eventually they come back in, and the foreman hands the verdict to the judge, and he says, there's a note on there we'd like you to read. And the judge tries to shut him up, and the guy says, it was the gun. And in my closing argument, I pointed out that he's carrying a weapon, and I'm not. We were all disarmed, going back to this notion of equality. Mm -hmm. And the jury, the jury was trying to tell me that that was what pushed him over the edge. I think they were going to find me not guilty because of all the things that I was able to bring up, but right. the gun scared some of them. And that makes sense because the, just like the bureaucrats don't want to be connected with the gun in the room kind of thing, neither do the jurors who think they're doing their duty and all of this stuff. So with a jury, I don't think that's an effective tactic and not one that I'm going to use next time. So, so you're, hold on. You're, you're saying that the jury found you guilty because you pointed out the cop had a gun and, they, and everybody else didn't? I'm saying that the foreman, when he gave the verdict to the jury or to the judge, he said it's because of the gun. Now, I've, I've called a couple of the jurors. I have their name. I'm allowed to do that. Barry Cooper said it's fine. Um, I'm going to find out what was on that note because, of course, the judge is not going to give it to me. He just threw it away yeah. because he doesn't want to help my, my case. He's there to uh, help the state's case. So, so they found you guilty? Yes, they and did. What does that mean? Uh, well, so then the judge had me sit there. The jury sent out, and he tells me it's $300, uh, 100 added for court costs, 200 for the ticket, and I have 10 days to pay them. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I bet you're going to pay him. <laughs> you want you want to get out of Texas? <laughs> so other uh, there were other DA. Another DA had stepped in and, and were watching along with uh, three or four other people. And so once the case was over and I was found guilty, they were back there laughing. And it, I find it just really sad because what they're laughing at is the cage that they're building to enslave their children. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you think about it, government stepping up and just trampling all over its own rules and playing dirty like this is really just, it's oppression. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's yeah. what they're doing. And they're enabling it and making it worse. It's fun for so them. That their yeah. kids can get trapped in this system. And well, their kids will be privileged. They'll that. be privileged members of the elite, so their kids will probably be okay. I don't know, maybe. Um, I did end up having a decent conversation uh, with some of the cop, with the cop that uh, stopped me, and he, he told me... Uh, you should move! <laughs> well, we're way ahead of you on that one. Hey, Sam, good luck on Wednesday. Look forward to hearing. I'm, I'm sure you're going to be... Uh, is it going to be the same judge on Wednesday? Oh, I would imagine so. Okay, so you'll be able to maybe modify your tactics a little bit at least, yep. since you know it's somewhat of what's going to be coming this time. Uh, and we look forward to hearing from you at that time and give us another update on what you've learned, because it's been fascinating, and I thank you for the call tonight. Sam from the Obscure Truth Network. More tomorrow night. Join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.